Hello, good morning. This is Rick Pina, and I'm bringing you today's word for September 26th, 2023. I'm teaching a series on the parables of Jesus. Right now, I'm dealing with the parable of the barren fig tree. I started this, uh, this particular series on this tree. I introduced you to this parable yesterday. And so today, as I got up, and there's so much I'm going to teach on this parable, right? This is only verses, Luke chapter 13, verses 6, 7, 8, 9. But in these four verses, there's so much stuff that we're going to unpack and unveil and walk in and receive insight, wisdom, revelation, knowledge, and understanding. So this morning, as I, when I got up, I was like, okay, Lord, what do you want to deal with today? I was in the bathroom while I was brushing my teeth, the Lord was speaking to me. So as I was coming down to uh, make a cup of coffee, I had to pull out my phone, open up an app, and start talking into the app all the stuff that God was giving me. And honestly, I've only today covered a little bit of what God gave me this morning because it was too much for one day. So I'm going to give it to you, and then we'll continue to flow in this same vein tomorrow. The title of today's message is Pearls from the Parables, Part 65. You don't get to pick your assignment. No, no, no. You don't get to pick your assignment. I don't get to pick my assignment. God picked it for us before the world began. Put in the chat, I don't get to pick my assignment. It's not about me. It's all about him. Get ready to receive. So you don't get to pick your assignment. I don't get to pick my assignment. This is something that I've taught on for years, that you are predestined, that God predestined you according to his divine plan from the foundations of the world. Man, I was getting so much stuff from God on this. This I'm going to probably be in this vein for a few days. Just letting you know right now, it's not about you. It's all about him. Put in the chat, it's all about him. You don't get to pick your assignment. God did not consult with you before he assigned you to whatever he assigned you to do from the foundations of the world. We're going to learn that from this parable. Before we get into the parable, Psalms 126 and verse 4 is something we've been looking at all year. We believe at our church that this is a season of refreshing and restoring for us. This is a season for us to get refreshed, restored, revived, regenerated, and ready. And we're looking at Psalms 126 and verse 4. We're meditating on this verse. This is what the Bible says. Now, Lord, do it again. Put it in the chat, Lord, do it again. Lord, do it again. Restore us to the former glory. May streams of your refreshing flow over us until dry hearts are drenched again. In this season, we believe that, that if there's any area of your life that is dried up, this is a season for the Lord to refresh you again to the former glory and take you to another level of glory. Say amen to that. Put in the in the chat, no dry areas for me. All right, so Luke chapter 13, verses 6 through 9, we'll be looking at this for probably weeks, uh, at least a couple of weeks. So this is what the Bible says. Jesus is speaking a parable. He says, a certain man had a fig tree planted in his vineyard. So he had his tree that was a fig tree and he moved this fig tree and he had it planted in his vineyard. And he came seeking fruit from that tree and found none. So there was somebody there that was working on the tree, the dresser of the vineyard. And he says to the dresser of the vineyard, hey, for three years now, I've been coming seeking fruit from this tree that I put here. I chose to put a fig tree in a vineyard. 
Doesn't matter that fig trees normally grow in orchards. It's my fig tree, it's my vineyard, it's my choice. I chose to put this fig tree right here. And it has everything that it needs to produce. I've been coming for three years to check and it's not producing any fruit. Cut it down. And the dresser said, hold on, ho, ho, hey, hey, slow your roll, Mr. Master. Hold on now. He says, let me work on it. Like, like, like let me dig around it. Let me fertilize it. Let me work on it. Give me another year. And then like after that, you come back. If it still doesn't produce, then fine. You can cut it down. So what does this mean to you today? What does this have to do with you today? I have four things to share with you in this morning. And I actually have a lot more than four, but you know, I only, you know, for the sake of time, I'm gonna give you four today and then I'll continue to flow in this vein. These, this is where I get into these teaching points. I need you to open up your heart to receive. Let's lock in. You ready? Number one, God did not have to consult with you before he destined you because God is God. God did not have to consult with you before he destined you because God is God. David said in Psalms 139 and verse 16 from the Message Bible, David said this, David considered his life. Like, man, I was a shepherd boy. I was raised in Bethlehem. I was raised as the eighth son of Jesse. As a little boy, I spent more time with the sheep than I did with my brothers and my family. <laughs> Remember that time? Yeah. Yeah, I had to kill a lion with my bare hands. I had to, yeah, that's crazy. I killed a bear with my bare hands and then that gave me the confidence to kill the giant. Man, this, my life is crazy. Look how it turned out. Nobody would have ever thought in a thousand years the way I was raised that I would be the king of Israel. Isn't that amazing? David thinks about this and he says this. Psalms 139 and verse 16. Like an open book, you actually watched me grow from conception to birth, from conception to birth. I don't want to talk about abortion. This is not my, I'm not talking about abortion this morning, but listen, from conception to birth, destined. All the stages of my life were spread out before you. The days of my life were all prepared before I ever lived one day. David was looking around as the king of Israel He's looking back over his life. He's looking back at this amazing life that he's had. He's the king. He's a sovereign. He's ruling. He's reigning. He stored up all of this stuff for his son Solomon to build a temple. They raised billions of dollars of resources. At the end of his life, he said, my God, God mapped this thing out. God planned it. All the days of my life were mapped out before you, before I ever lived one day. The owner of the fig tree, in this parable, did not consult with the fig tree when he moved them into a vineyard. He, no, 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 no. He didn't consult. Why? Because he knew what he wanted to get out of the fig tree. The owner of the fig tree had plans for the fig tree. So the owner of the fig tree put the fig tree where he wanted it. Listen, the owner of David selected David out of Bethlehem and said, no, you've been selected to be the king of Israel. Wait a minute. How does that work? Mr. Prophet, it doesn't work that way. Uh, uh, I think you have to be born to be a king. No, God chose you to be a king and you will be the king of Israel. When did God choose me? Before the world began. I'm sure that the fig tree loved 
being around other fig trees. I'm sure that the fig tree would have preferred to be in an orchard around other fig trees than to be in a vineyard where there were grapes. But once it was moved, it didn't matter. The assignment was you're supposed to bloom where you have been planted. God did not consult with you. God did not consult with the tree before he moved it. No, no, he just moved it. And he said, I, I still expect you to produce. Even though the location changed, the expectation did not change. He was supposed to bloom where he had been planted, even though there was nobody else like him. One of these kids is not like the other one of these kids is doing his own thing, right? And so, so I don't want to, I don't want to produce. I'm the only one. I don't care if you want to produce or not. God placed you there to produce. God, there's an expectation. Remember from the parable of the talents, faithfulness equals increase. And so God is expecting for you to advance, accelerate, get promoted, increase, cause something to prosper. Why? Because you have been planted there and you're supposed to bloom where you have been planted. God called David to be a king. He was raised as a shepherd boy, but his destiny was calling him. Your calling is calling you. There's not no way that David would have imagined he was going to wind up to be the king of Israel. God has plans for you. And there's people where, listen, I, I talk to people where I'm from. My best friend from high school, we were talking about this. I was like, dude, not in a thousand years, what anybody would have expected, those that were with me growing up in Brooklyn when I was a teenager in East New York, Brooklyn, that I would be a preacher. Like, I mean, not in a thousand years. I mean, like you, I mean, like, not, not, I'm not saying I was terrible, but I mean, come on now. I mean, there, there was no indication <laughs> that I was called to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. There was no indication, but that's what God called me to do. And he did not consult with me before he did it. God didn't have to ask for my permission. And so, so God calls you to do stuff and he didn't consult with you, which is why you got to be careful not to have to consult with everybody else. When the apostle Paul was called to preach the gospel, this is not in my notes. I'm about to give it to you for free. Those of, those of you that just read today's word, those people that read today's word only, and they don't get the video on the video, you get a lot of extra stuff because you get what God is giving me right now. What is God telling me right now? He reminded me with the apostle Paul, the apostle Paul said when he was Saul of Tarsus and he was persecuting the church and then he got called to preach the gospel and he was like, oh snap, God wants me to change teams. God wants me to actually lead the movement that I've been fighting against. I've been a terrorist against the cause of Christ and now I'm supposed to preach the gospel of Christ. And when that happened, Paul said, I could not consult with flesh and blood. No, no, I try. I couldn't, I couldn't consult with other people. God didn't consult with me before he called me. And there's some things that God tells me that I can't consult with other people people because other people won't understand what's going on. Listen, Paul, the people couldn't understand how a terrorist was called to be a preacher. You know what I'm saying? But God is God. God does not have to consult with you because God is God. God called you to do what God called you to do. What was true for the fig tree, what was true for David is true for you. Say amen to that. Number two, God did not ask Abraham if he wanted to be the father of many nations. It's not like God came up to Abraham and said, hey, Abraham, got a question for you, buddy. Would you like to be? No. Genesis chapter 12, beginning at verse one, easy to read version. The Bible says, the Lord said to Abram, hey, leave your country, leave your people, leave your father's family, go to a place that I'm going to show you. I am going to make of you a great nation. I am going to bless you. I am going to make your name great. People will use your name to bless other people. I will bless those that bless you. I will curse those that curse you. 
and I am going to use you to bless all the families of the earth. And God didn't ask his permission and God did not consult with him. God did not ask Abraham, hey, son, do you want to leave? No, no. He just told him. He says, listen, I I am calling you to your divine assignment. He, He was called to his specific purpose. He was chosen. He was picked for such a time as this. God does not have to consult with you. Listen, Abraham didn't work for it. Abraham didn't earn it. Abraham didn't ask for it. Abraham didn't pray for it. Neither did David. Neither did... Listen, I can keep going. God chose Abraham to be the father of many nations, and God chose you. It was God's purpose. It was God's idea. It's not your idea. It's not your purpose. If you look at Abraham's call, it had everything to do with God. It had nothing to do with Abraham. God told Abraham, I selected you. God told Abraham, I'm going to bless you. He said, I'm going to make your name great. I want you to leave. I want you to go somewhere. Where am I going? I'm going to tell you where you're going to go. He says, I'm going to make your name great. I'm going to bless those that bless you. I'm going to curse those that curse you. I'm going to raise you up. I'm going to bless all the families of the earth through you. This had nothing to do to do with Abraham. This had everything to do with God. God called you from the foundations of the world, and God did not have to consult with you before he called you. Say amen to that. Number three, purpose cannot be decided. Oh, you know, Brother Pena, I make my own destiny. Ooh, that's dangerous. I make my own way. Ooh, that's dangerous. I went to this motivational preacher, and he told me the power of ah. He, I, he was on stage and he said, say, I, he gave me, I cantations. I can do this. I can do that. Okay. Let me give you some, I cans from the Bible. Here's one. I can do nothing without God. How about that? Jesus, I can do without God. I can do nothing. I am nothing without him, but I'm everything with him. I can do all things with God but I can do nothing without God. That's the only incantation I want to do. See, purpose cannot be decided because God decided before the world began. You cannot choose your purpose because God decided it and God chose it already. You cannot choose your purpose. You must discover your purpose. Say this, my purpose cannot be decided. It must be discovered. It must be discovered. Why? Because God chose it. God decided it before the world began. The fig tree in the parable did not decide that it wanted to be in a vineyard. Actually, it looks like it didn't want to be there. So the fig tree didn't decide that it wanted to be there, but that that was his assignment. That was his lot in life. The owner of the tree decided. Your owner, which is God, he decided. God is your owner. God is your Lord. He decided what to do with you before he planted you in this world. And he didn't ask for your permission and he didn't have a consultation with you and he didn't ask you if it was okay. God sent you to this planet at just the right time for such a time as this. God planted you here. And when he planted you, he planted you when he wanted you planted. He planted you where he wanted you planted. God destined you according to your divine assignment, according to his purpose and without consulting with you, you were not even around yet. Before your existence, God ordains you for a specific purpose. Jeremiah 1 and 5 talks about that. God had an ordination service in heaven. God sanctified you, which means set you apart. God ordained you an ordination service for your specific assignment. And it happened before you were formed in your mother's belly. 
You were anointed for your assignment before you were ever even a, a, a inkling of a of a of a fetus in your mother's womb. Listen, God called you. God called you for a specific work for such a time as this. There are specific works, Ephesians two and ten. We're going to break all of this down over the next few days that God has called you to do. And so, say this: My calling is calling me, and I didn't come up with my calling. Listen, I'm called to preach the gospel. Maybe you're not called to preach the gospel. You're called to do something I'm not called to do. I'm only going to be measured against my purpose. I and But since I'm called to preach the gospel, I can't not do it. I know that's not good English, but it is good teaching. I can't not do it. Meaning I'm so, I am compelled. You should be compelled to do what you're called to do. Put, put that in the chat. I am compelled to my calling. You should be compelled to do what you're called to do. You It, it should be like, I can't not do it. I, I, for me, I have to do it because this is what I'm called to do. I get up in the morning and my calling is calling me. I don't get paid to do today's work. I don't take money from the ministry. I do all the stuff that we do for ministry. Why? Because my calling is calling me. It's something I, I can't not do. Right now, I'm dealing with, um, you know, it's tax time uh, uh, after the extension. And I have to get all of this stuff over to our CPAs, uh, CPA accounting team for the ministry all of this paperwork, all of this stuff. I have a new accounting firm. And so now we have to step all this up. Anyway, it's not pleasant to have to do all this work to make sure that they account for everything, for the ministry, that we're doing everything right, that we're doing, that we're good with the IRS. That's work. But that's work I have to do. Why? Because I'm called to do it. Listen, if you're called to do something, you have to do it. That's your assignment. You were born for a reason. More specifically, you were created by a creator and you were sent to this planet by that creator. For, for a specific assignment, a specific purpose for such a time as this. And so you cannot decide your purpose. You must discover it. You got to accept it. You got to develop in it. You got to deploy into it because it was God, what God destined for you to do from the foundations of the world. So true success in life can only be uh, realized when you find, follow, and finish your purpose and you get it done before you die. You only get one life. And so what you want to do is get out of you everything that God placed in you while you're in the land of the living. Say amen to that. Here's a couple of things about this last point. Running from your calling will not change your assignment. The Bible says that the giftings and the callings of God are without repentance. Another translation says, Romans 11 and 29, God's gift and God's call on your life is irrevocable. So running from your calling is not going to change your assignment. Matter of fact, when you get tired of running and you fall down before God, God will be like, your assignment is still waiting on you. And so, so you have to do what God has called you to do. Now, you don't have to do it because you can reject God. But I'm saying, if you want to live a life that's pleasing in God's sight, you have to do what God has called you to do. And so you got to submit to the grace of God. Actually, number five, I, I didn't realize I had a fifth point. So this is my last point for today. The grace of God is on you to succeed even when you don't feel qualified even when you feel unprepared or underprepared. So let me give you some examples as we close. The grace of God was on the fig tree. The grace of God is on you. The grace of God was on that fig tree to produce figs, even though it was in a vineyard. The grace of God is on you to do what God has called you to do. I'll give you a few examples, and then we'll wrap this up. Number one is Jeremiah. Jeremiah thought he was too young for his assignment. He was like, oh no, I'm too young to be a prophet. And the Lord said, don't say that. Don't speak against your assignment. Put it in the chat. I will never speak against my assignment. He was called to be a prophet. And, but he was like, oh, I don't know how to. Do. Listen, whatever you're called to do, God has already equipped you to do. He said, all I need you to do, son, is to be a prophet. So to be a prophet, you got to speak my words. The Bible says that God reached down and put his words in Jeremiah's mouth. 
He said, you give me the mouth and I'm going to give you the words. Whatever God has called you to do, he will give you the provision for it. The vision comes from God. The provision comes from God. But you have to accept your assignment. You have to accept your lot in life. Jeremiah had to accept it. If Jeremiah had run from it, if Jeremiah had fought it, at the end of the day, his assignment will still be waiting on him. You cannot be a success in life outside of your divine assignment. So stop running from it. Accept it. Say amen to that. Gideon. Gideon saw himself as the weakest man from the weakest clan in all of Israel. So it, it, Gideon was like, when, when, the, when the angel of the Lord came and said, you are a mighty man of valor, Gideon was like, uh, I don't know if you're talking to the right guy. So he was like, if you line up the 12 tribes, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, and you take the weak, you go from strongest to weakest, my tribe, the tribe of Benjamin is 12 out of 12. We're the weakest clan. Well, if you go to my tribe, Benjamin, weakest clan, and line up all the men, let's say there's 147 men in, in, in Benjamin, and line up all the men in Benjamin, I'm 147 out of 147. Like, I'm the weakest man from the weakest clan. And God said, no, you're a mighty man of valor. He had to accept his lot in life. He had to believe what God believed about him. He could have fought against it, but God would say, no, you are a mighty man of valor. I'm calling you to lead a revolution. I'm calling you. And so he embraced the grace to do it. And he led 300 men against 125,000 men. And it was the most lopsided victory uh, uh, from a reverse perspective in history. He led a revolution because it was his assignment. Whatever God has called you to do, God has equipped you to do. Say amen to that. That fig tree was supposed to produce figs in that vineyard. Paul. Paul was known as Saul of Tarsus. I already told you he was persecuting the church of God. God reveals to Paul. I want you to switch sides. God reveals to Paul. And listen, you're called to preach the gospel to the Gentiles. God reveals to Paul. I want you to go to people that you don't even like, the Samaritans and the Gentiles, and you're going to minister to them. And you're going to spend the rest of your life preaching the gospel that you fought against to people that you don't even like. Oh my God. And he accepted the assignment and he's still changing lives today. And he went on four missionary journeys and he wrote over half the New Testament. Why? Because it was God's decision. It wasn't Paul's idea. It was God's idea. God came up to a young lady named Mary. He says, listen, the angel of the Lord shows up to Mary and says, you are blessed and you are highly favored. You've been selected to be the mother of our Lord. What can you do to earn that assignment? She did nothing to earn the assignment. She just had to accept it. It was her purpose. It was her lot in life. She didn't ask for it. She didn't pray for it. She didn't even want it. She was like, what are you talking about? He said, you're going to get pregnant by the Holy Ghost. And the baby that you're going to have is the Lord's baby. And you will be the mother of our Lord. You're going to be pregnant without ever being with a man. She was like, how can this be? Listen, she had to accept her assignment. She had to accept her lot in life. The, the, the fig tree had to accept this assignment to produce where it was planted. And you and I, we need to accept ours. God did not have to consult with us. God did not talk to you. You didn't get to pick your assignment. Listen, I didn't get to pick my assignment. Jeremiah didn't get to pick his assignment. Mary didn't get to pick her assignment. Gideon didn't get to pick his assignment. Paul didn't get to pick his assignment. And you're not going to be able to pick yours either. But what we have to do with our assignment is accept it. Say, I accept it. Say, I embrace it. Oh man, I'm going to flow in this vein tomorrow. This is going to be good. Say, I accept it. Say, I embrace the grace to be who God called me to be. Let's close this message out with a declaration of faith. I want you to lift up your voice and speak this over your life. Say this. Say, Father, this is a season of refreshing and restoring for me. You did not consult with me before you destined me. You are God. So your ways above are above my ways. 
just as David recognized that his life was mapped out before him, <laughs> before he ever lived one day, I acknowledge that too. Like the fig tree, I may not always like where you plant me, but I embrace the grace to make the most of every season and every location. I will bloom where I have been planted. Like David, I know you mapped out my life, so I embrace it. My purpose cannot be decided because you decided before the world began. So I know that true success is tied to that purpose. I died to sin. I died to self. I died to selfishness. And I embrace the grace to be who you've called me to be. Living with this mindset, I know greater is coming for me. I declare this by faith in Jesus' name. Amen. This is today's word. Please apply it and prosper. If you're not getting these messages, you're not getting my notes. Why would you not sign up and get my notes? You get my notes for free. Go to todaysword.org, click on the big red subscribe button, put in your email address. You're going to get all my notes in your email inbox every day for free. Listen, I love you. God loves you more. I need you to do me a favor. A few things. Number one, subscribe to the YouTube channel if you haven't done that already. Hit, hit the like and subscribe and hit the bell icon so you can be notified when we go live. Number two, leave me some comments in the, in the chat if this message was a blessing to you. I like to read those comments. Number three, share this message right now on your social media, on your timeline, and with your friends. Greater is coming for you. I'll see you tomorrow morning. I'm going to keep flowing in this vein. God bless you. If you enjoyed this content and you would like to know more about our ministry or you would like to partner with us in what we're doing in the Caribbean, being a blessing to Haitian children in the Dominican Republic, then please go to ripministries.org. You'll be able to find out more information there. And if you'd like to make a donation, all the donations are tax deductible in the United States. A few months ago, the Lord impressed it upon my heart to set up a coaching and mentorship program, and Isabella and I set that up. And so now we make ourselves available on three different levels for those that want access to us and to learn things about maximizing your potential, increasing your personal productivity, and fulfilling your life's purpose. If you're interested in that, go to patreon.com forward slash Rick Pina. And then lastly, the Lord impressed it upon my heart to write several books and journals to help people grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Please go to rickpina.co if you don't have our material, and there's also apparel there as well. Listen, thank you for being a blessing to us. We pray that our ministry will continue to be a blessing to you.